Welcome to the Fiercely Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Allison, Mind Shift Coach and Achievement Strategist. I am here to help you completely up-level your confidence, find massive clarity, and dive deep into your purpose so that you can create a business and a mindset that is fiercely unstoppable. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you up-level your energy, bust through those fears, find clarity, and overcome all of the obstacles so that you can step into your most powerful and confident self. We do not let our circumstances hold us back. We become fiercely unstoppable in the pursuit of what sets our soul on fire. Get ready to uplevel your confidence every single day and attract the life that you are absolutely obsessed with. Are you ready? Let's have some fun. All right, you guys. Well, we are having a really special guest today, and I cannot, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to dive in. Melanie Ann Lair. God, she is amazing. She is the founder of the Alpha Femme brand and the creator of Trifecta Coaching. She is a location-independent entrepreneur and travels the world with her incredible man. Together, they are transforming the conversation around relationships and making a global shift in how people show up in their lives and businesses. Melanie is a high-performance life coach, a luxury brand business coach, and she leads women in leadership positions into greatness with her world-class coaching programs. Ah, my gosh. She is just an incredible force, an incredible soul, and her energy is amazing. I'm so excited to dive in. So let's get started. Awesome, you guys. Well, I am so excited to introduce you to Melanie Lair. She is incredible, such a beautiful soul. I have been following her in the online space for a while now, so I am thrilled to have her on and have her introduce herself. So Melanie, can you just tell us who you are and tell us about your journey and how you got here? Oh my goodness. This is, this will take up the whole podcast. Do it. I'm I'm ready. (laughs) So I am, my goodness, how do you even explain who you are in a moment? But I am a coach. I work with females only. My partner, he works with men. And we are now digital nomads and we travel the world together. And we go and visit all the places we've always dreamed of visiting. And we work with our clients over the phone and through, you know, the computer, which is so amazing that we live in this era. I'm so excited about it. Um, I actually am a digital nomad now and I don't live anywhere because I transitioned from being completely homeless and living in my car to just traveling. So I just never went back to an apartment or anything like that. I just up-leveled no no man's (laughs) land lifestyle. So I'm like a, I'm like a a high-end gypsy and I love it. Where's the favorite place like you visited so far? It's so hard to say because there, it's so different, but I had such different experiences. I went to Iceland with my brother and it was his dream to go there. And we, he was four years younger than me. He was like, my dream is to do it like in, in the car and to sleep in the car in Iceland. Like, are you out of your mind? But I had lived in my car before. And I yeah. Was so like, you're like, all I right, cool. <laughs> Yeah. So we rented a little red spark and literally road tripped through Iceland for 10 days, sleeping, you know, on on the edge of cliffs and near glaciers and just the most majestic thing I've ever seen. And just such a cool thing to do with him and in the car, just a weird thing. But then I also went to Mykonos with my sister in Greece. And that was one of the most beautiful 
visually beautiful places. I just love the vibe of Greece, the restaurants, the food, the, the mm. sunrises, sunsets, the weather. And with my little sister, who's six years younger than me, so we did that. That was amazing. And then my favorite place with Kevin, I would say, was Dubai. But I was lucky because wow. one of my friends worked in one of the hotels there, and we got the most incredible room. Like Nicki Minaj had stayed in the same hotel as me, and I got a better hey. room upgrade. <laughs> Right. Like I couldn't believe the size of this room. It was crazy wild. So my travels range in style. I slept in my car. I had a suite larger than Nicki Minaj. It's like I, I did it so many different ways. So it's hard to say what my favorite was, but we have just been to so many amazing places. Perfect. Sorry. I did not mean to interrupt your story, but I was like, I have to know. I have to know. Like what is the best? <laughs> Well, I'm look, still looking for the best. I mean, I also, I mean, I say that's the best, but then I also went to Spain, Barcelona, Ibiza, Paris. Like, it's hard to say what the best is because everything has got a vibe. And I think one of the amazing things with traveling is I tend to find a piece of myself everywhere I go and discover a new vibe about myself. Yeah. Like an Egyptian goddess version of me lives in Dubai. And this like wild and free version of me exists in Jamaica and Mexico on the beach. And, you know, there's just so many little ways about me that show up differently in different countries. So I really love that part of traveling as well. I love it. Will you tell us more of how you got into coaching in the beginning? You know, were you living in your car when you were doing coaching at first or how did that all come together? So this is honestly the weirdest story. And <laughs> when I tell it, sometimes I find it hard to believe that the story I'm telling is me. Because it's been five years now, and it, I am so far from that person now. Yeah. But I had gotten to a place in my life where I'd made a lot of poor mistakes without really considering what the future was going to be like. I was living my life emotionally, you know, from one emotional decision to another emotional decision, and everything kind of blew up and imploded at the same time. Mm. And I had been with the guy that was not the right guy that I wanted to him to be the right guy so badly and I was taking these emotional decisions of giving him another shot and begging him to stay to not yeah. leave to forgiving all the mistakes and stayed in that relationship for way too long mm -hmm. and then had this job that really didn't have a future but it was generating great money at the time yeah and I didn't have a great money blueprint back then so when I had money I just immediately wanted to like spend it on people and I felt guilty if I went out with friends and I had money to not pay so I was just paying for everybody and just blowing the money as fast as I made it. So yeah, I was making a lot, but I was blowing it all. I wasn't putting any aside and trying to pull this boyfriend of mine into being, you know, ambitious the way I wanted to be, but he wasn't really got him a job in the company I was working with. Anyway, series of bad decisions ends up that we end up breaking up. Mm -hmm. He's got a new woman within a week, even after wow. we're together for almost seven years. And then he gets mad at me for something and fires me from my job. And then what? my funds dwindle. I know my funds dwindle. I was dwindle. like, did you get that, him that job? Like, wait. I did. <laughs> wait a minute. I did. And then me from the radius. Can you believe that? So I'm just, I, I was so mad at him. Yeah. I literally gave myself anxiety. Like I thought I was having a heart attack. It was anxiety. It was, it was literally just anxiety from pure anger and hatred and, and feeling like everything I was going through was his fault. And my heart was going 198 beats a minute, was rushed in and out of hospital, sleeping in my car, I ended up sleeping in my car in the parking lot of a Canadian tire in, in like February, freezing my butt off, no food. Yeah. And just the worst, I just got myself to the worst possible place. And 
I think my, my lowest point, and I, I tell the story with a little bit, a lot of shame when I say that I actually grabbed my phone and Googled how to make your ex-boyfriend cry <laughs> on Google because I want A for all the things. And I ended up finding personal development and taking responsibility and ownership for your life. And it yeah. kind of started changing my perspective a little bit and finding gratitude and you know, I don't want to take up the whole podcast talking about how I got there, but yeah, you know, I, I tell my story a lot of in my, in my, you know, my Facebook page and things like that for people to be able to understand my journey. But through a series of, of really intense things, I really understood gratitude in a way that the money, the trips that I had taken, all the things before had never shown me what gratitude was. Mm -hmm. And it was when I was really, I'd lost everything and something happened and it like changed me a little bit. And I became addicted to that breakthrough feeling. Yes. Ooh, so I started, yeah, I, I was just like, yeah. I want more. I want to have more aha moments, moments of like yeah. mind blow. So I just kept reading and, and researching so much, so deeply. I wanted to know everything there was to know. And my biggest thing at that time was relationships. I learned so much about men and women and why we're so different. Why is it that communication is so different? Like you can be speaking to a man and literally you're speaking different <laughs> dialect. Right. You know, you're saying yeah. something and he's a misunderstanding. And then you're saying he's something and you're misunderstanding and there's fights. And I was like, why does this happen? So I became mm -hmm. obsessed with relationship coaching and how men and women's emotions and brains work. And next thing you know, I had friends calling me, even though I was living in my car and they wanted advice as friends do, but this mm -hmm. time I had really good advice. Yeah. And I was telling them things that I'd learned and I was, I was so passionate about it because it had given me such breakthroughs and they were like, I have chills. I'm, this is incredible. And they were doing it and it was working and they're like, you should be a coach. I'm like, what's a coach? Right. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I don't have, and they're like, it's like a therapist, but you, I, was like, I can't do that. I'm not, I don't have the education for that. Yeah. But I Googled it. I saw you don't need to be certified. I, I saw how much coaches charged on average and I just started charging for the information that I knew. And I, I started this brand called the invisible coach. Mm -hmm. So it means people didn't know my name. They didn't know my age. They didn't know anything about me. It was referral only. I gave a commission to people who referred me and I built a yeah. six figure business out of the front seat of that car. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So as soon as I was able to make money, then I could afford hotel rooms. And I just started going from the car to hotel rooms as many nights as I could until I could afford hotel rooms all the time. And then it became a question of, do I even want to be in this country anymore? Mm. Do I want to mm -hmm. be somewhere else? So then I started yeah. driving to the US and spending time in California and Florida and all these beautiful places. And then I made more and more. And I was like, gosh, I don't even need to be only where I can drive to, I could choose to fly if I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I started flying to different countries and it, my lifestyle was kind of elevated that way until I have what I have now, which is this, you know, hugely successful business. I've got a global business, international clients all over the world. And I, I just can't quite believe it started where it did, but I'm so grateful for the whole journey. Isn't it funny how doors open and they come in the weirdest ways. Like it was literally your friend saying, you should be a coach. And you're like, what is a coach? Like, <laughs> I, I totally resonate with that. That happens so often. And then it ends up being your deeper calling. And you're like, holy shit. Like, yes, this is what I meant to do. That's so yeah. fun. Thank you for sharing so much about your story. How incredible that an overcomer story is just like, make my heart throb. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> I love that.
Awesome. So I have so many good things to ask you. So you kind of talked about how originally when you first found the coaching world, you had this thought of like, well, I'm, I'm not licensed. I don't, I don't know enough or not the whole, maybe not even being good enough at it. Like not knowing enough of something. What advice do you have for people who are wanting to maybe start a business, but don't have that belief within themselves yet that they can do it? So what I really got clear on myself is the only things I would ever teach. I had to have like a conversation with myself and say, look, if you're going to do this, you've got to only teach what you figured out. Right. Absolutely. And you know, no matter what you've learned in a book, don't make that the teaching, learn it, only teach it if you figured it out. So I just made sure at first it was extraordinarily niche down. Like it was women who had lost their power in a relationship and had become needy and unable to get their men to stick around. You know, that was like the, that was it. Women navigating infidelity and were jealous and possessive women who, you know, exactly where, what I had broken out of. Mm-hmm. And the more I learned and the more I learned and the more I learned, then it became my, my horizon started to widen a little bit. I was able to help more and more people. But the standard I have always held myself to is if I have not mastered it, I do not coach on it. Mm -hmm. So if you can just look at what is it in your life that you've overcome that someone else, if they could just follow in your footsteps, would struggle less than you have. You're you're qualified to teach them that. Greg Montana says your pain is your credential. Mm -hmm. And I I love that. Your pain is your credential. What you've overcome, you're qualified to help other people overcome. Absolutely. Well, and like you just said, you started really, really small. I think that we have this idea that we have to have all of these amazing things that we talk about so we can help everyone. And you're like, girl, (laughs) I started so small and then it grew and then it grew and then it grew and then it grew. So you just have to start somewhere. Like start with integrity and grow from there. I love that idea. I love that. So I feel like your biz, your business really almost blew up really fast. Um, and at first it was just referrals. So do you have any tips? Were there strategies that you actually use to do that? Or, um, how did you get that word of mouth to go so quickly? Well, I think what happened is that I didn't really even understand the coaching world. There was no competition in my mind. I didn't even know anyone that was a coach. I thought I was the youngest coach on the face of the planet. When I started, I thought (laughs) people don't just do this. I am alone in the world. I didn't even know there was an industry really. I didn't understand how big this was. And because of that, I think it was a blessing because I didn't compare myself to anyone. And every single one person that came into my life became the most important person in my life. And I started treating my clients like they were family, like they were so important. And I think Yes. One of the things that's missing, especially for us as women, is for someone to listen like they care, not to fix us, not because there's something wrong with us, not they're trying to be right, like someone to genuinely listen. And I would listen to people with such intent, like what what is this person saying to me? And what is the one thing that I learned that's gonna that's gonna help here? And I listened. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're listened to on that level and you feel cared for, you wanna tell other people. Absolutely. I I truly believe that everybody just wants to feel important. And it's something that's lacking so much in society and just day-to-day conversations. It's so weird. It's so weird that that's like that. So you're so right. Having that person that you just listen to you, but also help you along the way, that's super powerful. So connection, just making those connections, but genuine connections, not Mm -hmm. what am I going to get out of this connection, right? (laughs) No. A genuine connection. That's so smart. So 
what, how old were you when you first started this business? 25. Oh, that's so And exciting. I felt so old and so young at the same time. My brain said to me, <laughs> you're 25. You don't have a man. You're bankrupt because I actually went bankrupt in that car. It's going to take seven years before you ever have credit again in Canada. It's a whole seven years. Uh, I had almost been seven years with this guy I'd broken up with. I was like, right. before I ever fall in love again, and I'll be 32. I'll be so old. I'll never have kids. I'll never be married. Like I imagined all these things that was yeah. too late for me. And at the same time, I thought I'm only 25. Who's going right. to want to my advice? I don't have kids. I'm not married. What the heck am I doing here? So <laughs> it was this weird, like I'm too old and I'm too young and I've just ruined everything. And yeah. from that, everything started. So I'm kind of blown away by that whole thing. Yeah. I so. think that sometimes I know when I first turned 25, I had like a quarter, a legit quarter life crisis. Like I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm supposed to be an adult. <laughs> I don't get it. Like I was like a mess, but <laughs> I started my business when I was 25 too. So it like really, it just worked out perfectly. That's so funny that you say that. Um, so, okay. What is something that like most people don't know about you? Hmm. I'm French Canadian. So, so my first language French? is actually French. Yeah. And so when cool. I, when I first started coaching in English, I was terrified because I was terrible at it. And I learned English, you know, just conversational English. I went to school in French. I learned to read and write in French. I only have English. Yeah. Like you would learn to read and write in English. Like you guys learn Spanish in school. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm trying to grow <laughs> right. So my mom is British. So we spoke English, but I never okay. read it and I never wrote it. Oh and conversational God. English and coaching English are like two universes apart. Yeah. So when I met Kevin, he's English. You know, I'd had to speak with him, but he's really smart. And he knew all these huge words and he'd say these words to me. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? I was Googling words. Like, what did he just say? What does this mean? I felt so dumb because I never really dove into the English language like that. When I started doing my Facebook lives and I was looking for my words and I was going, um, uh, all the time. So I was thinking of the French word, the English word wouldn't come. I was super nervous. I really got clear that I needed to master this language if I was going to become successful in English. So I actually had to learn to speak at the level of English that I, I, I speak now. And the, the writing and the spelling, that was a big struggle for me. And I'm doing a lot better with it. Kevin used to have to spell check everything I wrote. And now he looks and he's like, no mistakes. I'm like, yes, punctuation and everything. He's like, yes. So it's just been, I don't even know if I could do that punctuation and everything. So you're doing great girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So yeah, it's like I, I elevated the English language for myself so I could be a better coach. Uh, I think that's something new. So being like, you said five years, right? Yeah. So being five years then, what, what is your favorite part about your business now versus when you first started? When I first started, I believed that I could do something with my life. Mm-hmm. Now I know. Mm-hmm. And there's such a different feeling between I believe, I believe, I believe, and seriously knowing in my soul, like, this is incredible. Look what I've, like, I've done this, and because I can do it, my clients can do it. It's yes. a knowing, and it is the most powerful place to manifest from. It's the most powerful place to build from is the place of knowing rather than believing. And it only quite happens once you've gotten the results. You know, you can believe until you see it. When you see it, you know it. Mm -hmm. And this place of knowing is wonderful. 
I love it. Mm, I love that. I think that sometimes um, we look at influencers in the world and we just, we idolize them or put them on a pedestal. Um, do you have any advice for someone who may be thinking, yeah, but I could never be, I could never be as good as them or I'll never be at that level. Like, have you ever felt that way or what advice do you have for that? So this is where I really believe that I was so lucky because I started not knowing there was right. a world out there. I thought, I thought there was Tony Robbins, right. Abraham Hicks, <laughs> and me, you know, that's basically we all the three. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And I was going to be the next female Tony Robbins. There was no other female coaches. Yeah. I was the only one in the world. It was that simple. Um, I didn't know. Yeah. And not knowing actually mm. gave me so much freedom to just figure it out for myself. And what I try to explain to my clients as much as possible, what I try to teach them as much as I can is that you don't need to look at the very end of what it's going to become. You don't need to believe, you don't need to know that you can make it big. You just need to believe that's possible mm -hmm. and focus on what you know you can do next. What's the next step you know you can take? Because going from a place of knowing is the key. So for example, if you start and you don't have any clients, you have none. Mm -hmm. you can believe that you can be a millionaire at this because why not you know yeah. when you really think about it why not there's no reason you could so you believe you could but you don't know you could because you've never made a million dollars and you've never succeeded anything that big so you've got to look at it okay I believe I can make a million but I don't know I can make a million mm -hmm. but I could probably get one client and I know I could get one client yes so if I get one client then I'll know I can get one client because I have one. So then I'll know I can get one other one, then get mm -hmm. one other one. Now I have two clients. So if I have two clients, I know I can get two clients because I have two. Then when I have two clients and I've got two more clients, I have four clients. So because I have four, I know I can get four. Mm -hmm. And this is exponential growth. It's the compound effect in your business where if you just bring in what you've got, you're going to duplicate every time. If I've got one and I bring one, I've got two. If I've got two and I bring two, I've got four. If I bring, I've got four and I bring four, I've got eight. If I've got eight and I bring eight, I have 16. And you start to quantum shift in your mm -hmm. business with your followers, with your clients, with your money. You've just got to bring in what you know and be okay that at the beginning, you may not be the fastest overnight success. You may be, right. who knows? But it happens when you're grateful for what you've got and you know you can bring in what you've got again. Everything mm. in life you've done once, you know you can do again. It's why we tend to go back to the same country 20 times before we visit a new one. <laughs> you know? It's why your family That's goes so to true. the same place on vacation every year. Like we're going to go to the lake right here in this spot, four hours away, we're going there. You know, we're going to go to this one country over and over again, this one resort. We're going to do this one thing, this one tradition because yeah. we know we can do it. So repeat what you know but then recalibrate and look at what you've built and then go back for what you've built again and again. And you, you, you expand compounded mm -hmm. instead of one person at a time, just duplicate what you've done. I love that answer. Thank you so much for that. So it kind of, this is kind of off of that and it might be similar to the same answer, but for someone who is struggling to keep their income consistent. Like maybe they've hit a five figure month and then they're, they're lower and then it's like lower than 5,000 and it's 5k, then another five figure. And then, and it's all over the board. How do you suggest like 
you have any advice like of just evening that out and and getting to that to be more consistent so you can actually up level to where you know you're meant to serve well what i found is a lot of times your efforts and your income are very well linked so if you're not consistent in how you show up on social media if you're not consistent on how often you sell if you're not consistent on your presence mm -hmm. then your income is kind of congruent with your inconsistency there so if you're this is what a lot of people do they'll hit a goal they didn't think they could hit and then they take a break mm -hmm. and the issue is that the break that they take you know what we have right now what i have in my life right now is just a product of everything i've done up until now every decision mm -hmm. i've made what i'm going to make in the future has to do with what i'm doing now so if now i receive the product of what i've made and i decide to take a break well later what's going to happen is a gap in finances a gap in growth a gap in something so it's more important to do something we can be consistent with without needing a break than trying to sprint and stop and sprint and stop and sprint and stop because that's when you get yes. these huge leaps and it feels really bad as a coach mm -hmm. to have one huge month and one terrible month because in that in that lull in that low all our belief goes down the drain we've got to start all over again and then the quantum expansion and the the compound effect gets broken yeah you know if i have one penny duplicating or they ask you do you want to have one penny duplicated every day for a month or do you want a million mm -hmm. well if i <laughs> duplicate the penny i have two pennies then four pennies then eight then 16 mm -hmm. right then 32 64 a dollar 28 two dollars something then i take a break mm -hmm. i start back at a penny i start back right. at a penny every time i start over so if you can be consistent even if it means once a week instead of once a day i go live or i do a podcast or i do a this once a week but I'm consistent with that. My growth will be slower in the beginning, but it will eventually rev up. Whereas if I do one week, super, super intense. Yeah, I compound to like $2.56, let's say, if I go mm -hmm. with the penny analogy. <laughs> but the next week I start back at a penny. Right. And if I do that every time, then I'm just going around in circles. So you've got to be consistent over time because it's the only way to access compound results, compounded that. results absolutely and obviously that makes so much sense like duh yeah. so um for those who are like okay but what does your daily routine look like what do you have a daily routine that you've kept with or is it something that's different from when you first started to where it is now i find it so funny when people ask that because this is how i know your daily routine has nothing to do with your success whatsoever i have a daily routine that depends on time zones on countries true <laughs> on where I'm living like if I live in a skyscraper I'm probably gonna sleep till noon if I live on the beach I will be up when the sun rises mm-hmm you know if I live downtown somewhere I'm gonna be going to sleep at 4 a.m. if I'm on the beach I'll wake up at 5 if I'm in England when I wake up in the morning it's a completely different time back in the States, back in Canada, back in. Mm -hmm. So to be very honest, if I, I can't have the same routine because when I wake up, it's a different time zone everywhere else. <laughs> very true. So it's more, yeah. So in the life of the traveler. So if I can succeed in my business, having whatever schedule I want, mm -hmm. that means any person in the entire world can succeed regardless of their schedule. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, boom. I feel like that just broke so many belief barriers that anybody Yay! has had. <laughs> and they're just like, 
so wait, I can get rid of this? <laughs> so wait, I don't need to listen to every podcast in the world with really successful people who give me 10 different versions of an ideal day? Right. Like, I don't have to do this every day. Yes. Like it's, I think it's so often we just have to find the things that actually work for us, you mm -hmm. know, and just stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Like you said earlier, like you were in a really ideal situation because what I always talk about is going back to being too dumb to doubt, like in the beginning and obviously not insulting anybody, but getting to the place where I love, like, I actually really like that. <laughs> like yeah. you, when you first start, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm, I'm going to go do that. And that's what I'm going to do next. And yes. And like, you just do the things right. Yeah. Rather than just tripping yourself up. Um, exactly. so speaking of that, like getting tripped up, you kind of talked about how when, um, someone is on the high peak and they have the high peak and then they have a really low Valley. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have mindset wise to get them out of the lacking belief state? Well, the first thing is that every single thing we've created is because of us, which means I created my success and I created my failure. Mm -hmm. So if I care more about what worked and what didn't work, then the fact that it worked or didn't work, then I can get myself right back on track. So for example, I have a really great month. Instead of being like, oh my gosh, I had a really great month. I say, okay, this is amazing. What did I do that was good? Mm -hmm. If I have a really bad month instead of being like, oh my God, this is the worst month I've ever had. Oh my God. Oh my God. I say, what, what was it this month that I did that did not work? And I actually look in every month, even the good ones, what worked, what didn't work? What do I want to do differently next month? What worked, what didn't work? What do I want to do differently next month? And when you take radical responsibility like that for your results, you know, all you need to do is have a business meeting with yourself and figure out real truth, no BS. What did I do or not do this month that was different than last month? Oh, I didn't sell. I took a break. I went on vacation for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh, so maybe instead of having this huge self-doubt explosion of I'm a mediocre coach, I could just be like, oh yeah, Oops. I totally <laughs> didn't sell at all this month. Uh, yeah. It, it just makes a little more sense for us sometimes to see there are actual reasons this worked or didn't work. You got to run your business like a CEO. And I, I think that's one of the things that a lot of coaches forget is they're starting a business and, you know, a lot of them haven't had a coach. They didn't need to invest in anything. They just kind of started. So they're running a business like cash, like I'm making cash. I'm not making cash. I'm making cash. I'm not making cash. It's not really like a business, but when you run a business, one mistake doesn't define your business. It defines the decision. Mm -hmm. So take, take the time to look at your business and the decisions you've made and don't condone, don't condemn yourself for an entire month of a bad month, meaning that you were a bad coach. It means you made bad decisions that month. What were the decisions? Look at them, learn from them, pick yourself back up because the good months were because of you and the bad months were because of you. So get clear on the decisions you're making and get back on the horse and, Actually, the bad months are even better to have in the beginning because I'd rather have, you know, a $2,000 month and then a zero month than a $100,000 month and then a zero month. And then I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, yeah. figure out the little things in the beginning and then go for consistency and then compound and everything's magic. So figure out the little kinks in the beginning and then you're golden. I love, I love that. What do you think is like the best advice you were ever given? Best advice that I was ever given. So I was lucky enough to have an interaction with Tony Robbins. 
Mm, yes. At, at one of his events. And I will tell you that I did not think that it was a good intervention at the time. I was so upset with myself because he had asked the question in the audience. And if any of you have ever done business mastery, he had asked, who here believes that they are a sexy person? And then someone, you know, and who here believes that they are not a sexy person? And when he asked, you know, who believes they're not a sexy person? I just don't, I've never really seen myself as a sexy person. Mm -hmm. I'm a driven person, but sexy is like something I would never say that I was. So I raised my hand and he picked me and I immediately <laughs> wanted to die in my chair. Why the heck? Why he picked me? Of all the people in this room, why? And why did I put my hand up? So mm -hmm. I pretended I didn't notice he was asking me to stand up and he came <laughs> all the way to me and was like, you stand up. And I was just like, oh my God. So I stood up and I was clutching my notebook so close to me. Like I am going to pass out. And he was just like, okay, asking me these questions. He was like, what evidence do you have to support that belief? I was like, well, I, I guess the way I feel, that's not the way I feel about it. And he was like, well, would that stand up in a court of law? Mm. I was like, well, probably not. <laughs> he was like, so you couldn't say without a shadow of a doubt, it wouldn't hold up in court. So really, is it true? Is it really true? And it, it literally brain warped me. I was just like, what a weird way to look at things. Instead mm -hmm. of it could be true. So it's probably true. More like, well, it could also not be true. So then it's not true. Mm -hmm. And it started to change. Every time I had a negative thought, I just saw him, his big face and his huge hands pointing at me. I just saw him going, is that true? When I thought, I can't do that. Is it really true? Would it hold in the court of law? No, it wouldn't. Shut up and go do it. And I, I held that. I love that. Oh my God. That is just power <laughs> within itself. I know. And I just think it's so cool to get to say the best advice I ever got was from Tony Robbins. But oh that, my that was goodness. Cool. What a powerful moment. Will it hold yeah. up in the court of law? I feel like yeah. that, <laughs> no, like most answers no, are going to be not. like, no. <laughs> exactly. Is it really true that you don't have what it takes? Is it really true that because you had one bad month last month that you're not going to ever have a good month again? Will that hold up in the court of law? No. no. So why are you even dwelling on this? Like, why are you even thinking about mm. this? It's crap. Go back. Do something new. Do something different. Think of something else. And I kicked myself out of so many limiting beliefs with that. Unless I can prove it in the court of law that I'm right, that I'm probably wrong. So why am I even thinking about this? And it got me out of spending time dwelling on what didn't work. I love that. Boom. Boom. <laughs> we can, we can end now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was it, you guys. <laughs> that was it. All right. So, all right. So since this podcast is really all about stepping into your fiercely unstoppable self, um, I know you kind of gave us some overcomer stories already, but can you tell us about a time that you overcame an obstacle and it just made you feel really victorious once you did it. Oh my gosh, there have been so many of those. Um, let's see, what's a good one that I haven't shared anywhere else? It would be. I know. I was new. like, you shared so many without even knowing that question was coming. But <laughs> I was like, I feel like there's still some stuff I can pull out of you. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many. But I've been on a couple of podcasts this week, and I want to tell you one that I haven't said anywhere else. If we've got listeners that have watched the other ones, that they're like, oh, this is brand new. Okay. Okay. I've got one. So one of the most difficult things for me was when I started putting myself online. Mm. 
-hmm. because I had no clue what I was doing. And I didn't want to look less than what I was because when I was coaching with the invisible coach brand, mm -hmm. I had this huge business and I felt really successful because I was the only person in the world alongside with Tony <laughs> Robbins and Esther Hicks, you know, I was the only one in the world. So trying to get myself to be online, then realizing, oh, there are other coaches in this space. Mm -hmm. And there are people who follow coaches, like there are people who've got like hundreds of followers, what am I going to do? I'm going to have zero likes on this stuff in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it was the craziest fear for me was to have no one love my stuff and no one like my stuff and to look like a failure, even though I wasn't, because I wasn't, that was the crappiest part is I wasn't, I wanted to look as good online as I was offline. You can't do that. If you're, if you're not, you're just not, especially since all my clients were invisible clients. I couldn't just be, <laughs> they like, didn't hey. even know. yeah, they didn't even know. And I wanted to keep it that way. I wanted my invisible clients to be there, but I wanted to open a visible side of my business. So I couldn't ask those people to like. So it was just, I had to start brand new. And I remember having this feeling, this thought that was, I am trying to escape businesses that make me feel like a number. Mm. Yet I'm looking at numbers. Mm -hmm. And this has nothing to do with numbers. It has to do with people. So I made it a goal to know the people who watched my stuff and who liked my stuff and to really interact with people until I couldn't remember their names anymore, until there were too many people. Instead of numbers, it was about how many people can I actually care for? Because what do I care if I have 100,000 followers? I mean, what does it really matter? You, if, I, if I have 100 followers and they're all buying from me, I'm rich. Mm -hmm. You know, if I've got, if every single person who follows me buys from me, I'm, I don't need a hundred million followers. So I'm going to make it that the people that are in my life feel like the most important people in the world. Mm -hmm. And I started attracting clients and every client that walked into my life became the most important person in the world. And even to this day, I have, you know, if you use Instagram, I have a preview grid on Instagram every one of my programs where I upload my clients faces into my preview mm. and when I'm doing a launch every new person who buys goes into this preview app and I look at their faces while I'm launching because it's so easy to say oh there's only 30 people registered for my program but when you look at 30 faces mm -hmm. when you when I scroll down and see 30 smiling faces and I'm like these are the women I'm working with you yeah. know 30 faces 50 faces 70 faces 100 faces that's a lot more than just thinking there's 100 people in my program when you when i scroll down and i look at them all it's something that stayed with me for a long time it's not about the number of people it's about the people you know mm -hmm. we're looking at souls humans people not just numbers absolutely and that realization changed how i operate in business and still to this day i have people tell me that what's so different about me in the space is how able I am to love and connect with so many people. And that started because it was from the beginning, a fundamental value that I had. Mm -hmm. So it's what helped me overcome only two people or three people liking is the fact that I knew and loved every person who liked. And I've grown my business and my social media so much. And I, mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how many people I recognize and I know, and I care for in those mm -hmm. followers. So that was a big I one. And it took that. me a long way. Yes. So obviously connection is key and communication and just loving people with your heart, just being a human to human of a conversation. Um, 
However, I would love to ask, you know, as you've grown, because you've grown a lot and you have a massive following, do you have other tips to create that kind of an influence besides just having those deeper connections? Well, here's the thing. I've realized there's three kinds of people. There's the people that love me, the people who like me, and the people who know me. And the people who love me tend to be my clients. The people who like me tend to want to aspire to be my clients. And the people who know me sometimes creep on my Facebook life. (laughs) And to create an audience. (laughs) Yeah. And the bigger I got, got there was a new category of the people who hate me that showed up as well. I didn't know that existed. And then the bigger you get, you get a couple of those. Um, But what happens is when you're growing a big following, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, you don't have anybody that knows you. You don't have anybody that likes you. You just have people who know you. You've got friends and that's it. Mm -hmm. then if you give them amazing value, here's what happens. They want to share you and they will share you with people and those people will start to like you. And if the people who like you share you, then people will start to know you. Mm -hmm. And if you keep doing that over and over and over again and growing from the people who know you, like you and love you, know you, like you, love you, know you, like you, love you, and you expand your capacity to care for people and quantum expansion, right? That compound effect I was talking about starts to kick in. Because one person shares, you've got two people following. Mm-hmm. Those two people share, you've got four people following. Mm-hmm. It is the people who loved me, who introduced me to the people who liked me, who introduced me to the people who know me that created my impact and influence. Mm-hmm. Care about the people who love you. Everything goes from there. I love that. It's such a great visual too. Because it's like that visual, we've, we've you know talked about it like now two or three times, but it's like every different system in your business, you're like, but this is the same thing. Look at this, this, this. And it's like, it's a new visual and it's a new visual. And it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, Duh. like, it's just so cool. I love, love, love this. Well, can you tell us like the most exciting thing that you have going on in your life or in your business right now? Oh my gosh. There's so many things. Well, I have a program that is, I, I really held it back for a long time because I had this thought that once I started business coaching and I was making exponentially more money with business coaching than relationship mm-hmm. coaching, that business coaching was the way to go and people would not invest in, in relationship coaching. And I had this program and it is my soul program. It, mm-hmm. It's what I believe I was actually put on the planet for. And it is the journey that I took to get myself from where I was to where I am. And I had all this information. I was holding it back for so long and I launched it for Valentine's day this, this past year. And, and it's called femme fatale. And it's Mm -hmm. just the, the part of us where we tap into the woman that we are not the girl or the female, the woman Mm -hmm. that the sex appeal, the sexiness, the, the femininity, the sensuality, the magic, the manifestation powers, the abilities that we have as women that are so different, the way we communicate, the beauty of our feelings. Everything I learned from like scientific stuff that blows people's minds to like the heartfelt stuff that people are like, oh my gosh, I felt so good to hear that. Like all of that. I held it back for so long. And I've, this is like the fourth time I'm running it now in September. I've got people coming out of the woodworks to do it. And it is for me the most exciting part of my business because I held it back for so long. Um, so I would say that right now, and it gets better every round and I'm just so excited about it. So that's my favorite thing. I've got a money course coming that I'm working on. It has not been released. It's actually the first time I've mentioned it anywhere. So there's a money course coming and, um, you know, my, just my one-on-one and my clients have just been killing it. It's been a crazy month for my clients. So I think just 
just constantly creating new things and celebrating the results that are coming. And I'm in cre I'm totally in creation mode right now and expanding and just doing more and more. And I, I think that's the most exciting stuff right now. I love it. Yeah. So fun. Well, I know people are going to be like, I need more. I need more. I need more. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can love you, where they can stalk you, all the things? <laughs> well, I, again, so obviously I'm not the conventional type of person. And I, I went from being invisible to visible, but I still didn't do all the things. I don't even have a website. So I built this huge business with Facebook alone. And oh. now I have Instagram as well. So you can follow me on Alpha Femme Official. I make really inspiring posts, really long posts on Instagram if you want to get inspired on there. Um, and Facebook, I go live every single day of my life. I'm doing a 365-day Facebook Live Challenge. Mm -hmm. So if you find me on just my name, Melanie Ann Layer, I have a normal page and a business page. They have the same name. So you can follow me on those to catch my lives. Or I have an Alpha Femme group on Facebook. So mm -hmm. just Alpha Femme and you, you just have to make sure you respond to the question because I do not take anybody in that does not answer the question, but those are the ways to connect with me. And I'd love to meet you. If you so enjoyed. fun. Okay. Last but not least, that was usually the last question, but I have to ask because I know there's so many people who get really fearful going live, or maybe they go live consistently and then they fall off the wagon. How do you still show up every day? Even if you don't feel like it, or if you don't know what to talk about, or if you just, you know, when you're feeling low, because you go live mm. all the time. It's something yeah. I totally admire about you. Um, you. What advice do you have for people who are maybe feeling, how, like, how do you do that? Well, Jim Rohn said, the bigger the why, the easier the how. And my reason for going live every day is because I want to show that you can have integrity and you can grow your business no matter what. It doesn't matter how successful, how busy, what country, what time zone, that I'm flying, that I'm sick, that I'm whatever it is, I show up. and. I'm the kind of coach that like people that like I practice what I preach. You know, I don't just say you should go on Facebook and I'm never there. I do everything that I tell my clients to do. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't make sense for me as a coach to preach integrity at the level that I do and not show up with integrity in my business. So that is the number one reason. There's so much writing on my word that I would get. That's the biggest thing. So you've got to find a reason that's bigger than just, I'm going to go live on Facebook and I feel like I'm finding like, that's just not going to, it's not going to inspire you on the day where you don't feel like it. You'll be like, Smush. Never mind that. So you've got to be able to have something that's bigger than, than you. Absolutely. Um, and the other part of it is that I really believe that what has made me successful to the point that I am right now is that people have recognized themselves in me a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm not always preaching that it's perfect. I've had days where I'm so sad. I've had clients do terrible things. I've had, you know, people who've loved so much disappoint me. I've gotten into misunderstandings. I've business moves. I thought were going to be great. And then they're not, I've gotten a call. I've had something go wrong and I still got to go on Facebook. And I have this thought every time, like I can't go live like this. And then I think, no, but actually if people can see that going live like this, mm. it means you can still go live like this. It actually might help people. And I have found that every time I've gone on with something that wasn't just like, Hey, everything's perfect. And there was actually something going on. It's deep into my connection with my audience. Uh, it has helped me see that I'm not just loved for being perfect. You know, the people who follow me, they love me because of who I am. And when I'm down, they are there for me. And it's a two-sided relationship. And I think that if you're willing to really show who you are, you're going to attract people who love you for who you are. And in life, if you pretend you're someone else, yeah, you'll attract people who love you for that, but they'll never really love you. They'll just love the version you portray. So 
be exactly who you are, and then you'll feel loved by every follower that you have. And the ones who don't like you, so be it. People won't like you even if you're pretending to be someone else anyway. So be you, be strong enough to handle the criticism, be strong enough to ha handle the people not liking you, and then embrace the love with everything you've got. It will fuel you and it will take you everywhere. Mm, I'm so glad I asked that question. Well, you guys, we will have the links in the show notes so you can follow her everywhere. But thank you so, so much, Melanie, for coming on and being a guest. I know that this episode is going to be like so many aha moments for everyone. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you guys so, so much for spending some time with me on the Fiercely Unstoppable podcast. I am so grateful that you are here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. If you could just take one moment to share this episode on social media, tag me in it, or even with someone personally that you think would love this, that would be absolutely incredible. Also, if you guys are loving this podcast, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes and by subscribing to this channel so I can keep the good stuff coming. I cannot wait to connect with you on the next show. In the meantime, get out there and become fiercely unstoppable. <laughs>